All right, guys, we have the intro to the intro, so you know we're doing some cool stuff. Um, I wanted to talk to you all a little bit about this. Uh, this is a new uh, sponsor. Yeah, we got a sponsor for the podcast, um, and it's none other than Bad Motivator Barrels. Uh, go to badmotivatorbarrels.com. I'm going to set it down. <laughs> go to badmotivatorbarrels.com and uh, find you a good barrel. Uh, go to the checkout. You put coupon code SHAMAN5. And I'll give you 5% off that barrel. Um, this is a limited time offer. Uh, we're going to run this for a little while and see how see how it works. Uh, these guys have really tight margins. So get, get it while you can. And also they have a wait list of people trying to get the barrels. So get in there and get them before the holiday rush. That's why we're doing this a little early um, so that you don't have the uh, to worry about the holiday rush. You're going to run out. And you're probably thinking, well, I'm not a craft distillery. I'm not a hypothetical whiskey maker um why would i want one well like i've said before um the, for one they're cool as hell on the shelf <laughs> um, and they have different char levels toast levels they're doing all cool all sorts of cool stuff with like uh uh old bourbon barrels and stuff like that um but why would you want one um because you want to you, if you're really into whiskey part of that is changing whiskey and learning about it and stuff like that so taking it and putting whiskey in another barrel and double oaking it or something like that is a really cool concept. So uh, go to your local, there's a local distillery by you. I'm sure there is. Get some of their new make and fill one of these barrels and make your own whiskeys. Totally legal, nothing nothing uh, skirting the line there. So get you one of those, uh, fill it up. It's super cool. Yeah, it takes a little time and effort and stuff like that. But if you're really into whiskey and you want to nerd out on it, that's the best way to do it. So again, go to badmotivatorbarrels.com at, at uh, checkout. Make sure you put Shaman 5 because you get 5% off that barrel. And I cannot thank uh, Chris over at Badmo enough for uh, taking a chance and sponsoring us. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate all the listeners. And y'all have fun. Be safe. And also, uh, stay tuned. The podcast is coming. It's a banger. I'm going to tell you right now, this podcast is going to be a banger. So until next time, keep your spirits up, guys. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, today, we got a very interesting guest. I'm not going to say he's the greatest guest ever, but he's pretty close to it. Uh, today, we're talking with Bearden and Board. And, uh, he's oh, that is me. Yeah, that is him. And uh, we're going to we're going to get into what he's all about and kind of go down his path. And uh, we're going to try not to uh, try not to incriminate him if we can. So here's Bearded. <laughs> the most interesting podcast guest in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Pretty sure you booked the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, we, we take what we can get around here. <laughs> well we uh we scraped the the first uh 15 off our list and now we're down to the bottom and hey call that bearded guy yeah yeah exactly no no um you know i've been following you for a while and um i if if people that are listening don't know who he is he this dude has a youtube channel and he's uh rocking and rolling doing some cool stuff um you know it goes all over the place one day he's putting shutters on his house the next day he's uh, making a beer. The next thing he's malting corn, you know, so it's pretty interesting. So why don't you go ahead and give us your, your socials and where people can find you? 
Um, I rarely ever go to Twitter. I refuse to call it whatever Elon changed it to because that's just dumb. Absolutely. Uh, it's t- it'll always be Twitter because I'm old. <laughs> uh, beard and board at Twitter. And uh, I don't do Facebook. I committed Facebook suicide uh, like 15 years ago. <laughs> I just deleted my, my account because it was just, you know, family yep. crap. And, yep. you know, I talk to my family on the phone. I don't need to see every goddamn thing that they post. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, easiest way to contact me or, or look me up is on YouTube. Bearded and bored on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's that's kind of how it is with social media. It's like it's a hate it or love it type thing. When you're trying to grow a whatever you if you want to call it a brand or whatever, you need yeah. to be out. You need to be out and be social. And I try to post a lot on Instagram and stuff like that. But it's like I have it. I have an Instagram account. It's just mm-hmm. rare that I remember to go to it. <laughs> people, people are commenting to things from like six years ago on there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I look at shit, but I, I, you know, the the little counter over on the side, as far as telling me how many notifications I have, yeah. it just keeps going up, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it one of yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it's like one of my one of my buddies. He does not ever check his emails. And he has like 47,000 emails. And I'm like, oh my, bro, that is like, that gives me so much anxiety. I see yeah. one little, I see one little notification that I have one and I'm like, who is it? Who's just trying yeah. to email me, you know? So 47,000 yeah. just makes my asshole fucker. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, 95% of them are spam bullshit. So it's, yeah, you man. know, you know, um, so what kind of stuff are you into? I mean, um, well, I like uh, hardcore BDSM okay. and um, burning myself with candle wax. No, neither of those things. <laughs> I mean, we'd go straight said... there if we have to. <laughs> well, if you're going to ask. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, maybe I should I should uh, kind of screen my questions a little more. <laughs> I'd be like, well, let's, uh, let's just keep it in the uh, category of this hobby. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. We're talking whiskey stuff. We're not talking about oh, what oh. you do in what you do in the bedroom or I guess in the no, dungeon. Whiskey. In the bedroom. I mean, I do that shit in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Um I started out, I think, uh, way back in 2014. Uh I I kind of gotten the idea to uh no, actually 2012. I think uh one of my friends gave me his um Mr. Beer kit, the ones that came in the, it was like a plastic barrel shaped mm-hmm. yep. uh, fermenter and it, it was clamshell that came in half and you put all your kit in there and ferment it and uh, it made terrible beer. I'm sure. That was terrible beer, but you know, it, it got me interested in it and um, I think by 2014 I had started uh, brewing my own cider with just you know stuff i found online and then i wanted to start making my own beer did that for i don't know six months and then uh it popped into my head well couldn't i (laughs) couldn't i turn this into whiskey (laughs) and so i just uh started doing research and uh reading up on it and uh then you know the the liquor fairy came floating by one day and said hey why don't we uh why don't we build a build a contraption some metal art sculpture out in the garage yeah, absolutely and uh so i i built my first metal art sculpture 
and uh, it was uh, it was garbage, and I threw it away. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I built a second one, and then that one sank into the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, I, Monty Python references will yeah. pop out occasionally. No, and and we're all we're all about that here. Um, I think it was the. Uh, I think it was the second or third attempt at building metal art sculptures in my garage that finally succeeded, and uh, then I, I just left. I just walked away. I had all the materials. I had washed there. I had the had the, the metal art sculpture, and I just left. And then the liquor fairy came in and turned that into brandy. Wow! And uh, and then my wife said, "Get that liquor fairy out of my house." Yeah, ab absolutely. <laughs> you you didn't have to leave any money behind. No, 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 no. I I um, I mean, I gave him a hand job, but you know. Oh, but yeah. I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> Who doesn't like a handy? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry. I, my day job, I work with all guys. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I would say I do too, but I work by myself. So I, I work with all guys too, well, but I'm it's just me. Technically the same thing. <laughs> so uh, you and I had talked um, several years ago yep. uh, through Jesse. Yep. Uh, we were actually going to meet at one of the bastards events mm -hmm. and uh i couldn't make it uh but i had meant to give you a gift okay this oh i still have it it's still aging with a teeny tiny sliver okay of toasted maple this oh, wow. is this is the frankenstein whiskey okay that uh was in one of my videos it's in the um the sourdough sourdough whiskey oh wow. uh, where yeah. i used a just a, a whole mixture of different grains that I had left over from brewing and, and uh, a big sourdough starter. So this is this is pandemic whiskey. Oh, wow. And uh, it's been aging on maples for that whole time since uh, August 15th of 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to I'm not going to drink any, but I'm going to take a little smell. Please do. It's pretty good. It yeah. needs some, I think it needs a, a sliver of oak in there. Yeah. So I'm going to, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw a little oak in there. Okay. But it's got a, uh, that is one of my favorite whiskeys because it was so unexpected. I had no idea what was going to happen with it. Right. And especially using a sourdough starter. Um, just the, the flavors were so, um, so much more complex than any, whiskey that you can buy on the shelf yeah. um i mean literally there's nothing that compares to it i have tried plenty of whiskeys and i've tried some experimental whiskeys but they are limited in what they can do because they can't buy ten thousand pounds of five different weird grains for right. one spirit right. you know because those 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 different grains they are specialty grains and so the more specialized they are, the more time they have to spend in the kiln, the more expensive they're going to be. And mm -hmm. if that whiskey doesn't work out, then they've just sunk a whole shit ton of money into it. But yep. as people in the hobby distilling community, 
um, hypothetically, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if you want to throw apples in your whiskey mash and, you know, or if you want to throw in some, I don't know, anything, anything, Absolutely. you know, what's going to happen if I throw okra in here? I don't know. <laughs> It'd be weird as hell, but why It'd not? It'd be weird it. as hell, but yeah, you never know. Yeah. Might taste like shit. Might be amazing. Well, and, and I will tell you, that's one of the reasons, I mean, I, I follow you anyway, but that's one of the reasons that, that I follow you. You like to do the weird stuff. Like I really do. You know, like the whole, the thing that really got me hooked, and this has been a while, but like the thing that really got me hooked and was like, oh, I don't know, he's doing something different, was when you started malting your own corn and you made that mm -hmm. contraption to spin it. Yeah, my tumbler. Yeah, like I was just like, okay, he's not just, like doing cool stuff. He's a freaking mad scientist. That's what it is. He's doing weird stuff. Yeah, I love fucking stuff. around with shit. And so like that to me was was really cool. So tell us a little bit about the backstory on that because that to me really interested me. I I think it started um the fire got lit on that because I watched the popcorn Sutton video. Mm -hmm. And then I watched a, a little clip about Jim Tom. Yeah. And you know, they talked about using malt and i was like what the fuck is malt yeah so i just started doing research and digging into it and i was like I wonder if i could malt my own corn and uh so i just went and got a bag of popcorn from the grocery store and just uh did did enough research that i was able to halfway kind of get into it and, mm -hmm. and do a successful batch and then realized i could do it even better and, and just kind of progress through it so by the time the video came out um, I had already made like eight batches oh, and, wow. uh, you know, I, that's the thing is I'm, and Jesse considers himself to kind of the same way we're information condensers, mm -hmm. you know, everything that I learn about this one topic, I'm going to present it in that video because I want to save you guys time. I don't want you to have to go and dig through all the fucking dead ends and the, the, the forum posts where guys are just pissing and moaning at each other about, yep. you know, a, a, a small little bit of minutia about a recipe or something, or just getting into, you know, sometimes they'll get into pissing matches about mm -hmm. dumb stuff. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I've waded through all that for years and got to the point where I was developing my own recipes for things. And I was like, well, really really proud of what this turned into i kind of want to share this yeah. and so that's that's just kind of how you know how it how it turned out i think the 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 first and really only viral video i've had was the applejack video and <laughs> that one was just luck i mean that was magic i saw another guy's uh applejack video and he did it in three parts or two parts mm -hmm. and i was like i could do that in a 10 minute video and so i studied up i made probably about six batches of applejack loved okay. every single one of them and made sure that i had my process down and i knew what i wanted to talk about and mm -hmm. uh then <laughs> <laughs> then before I knew it, I had a YouTube channel with a following. And mm -hmm. I was <laughs> then I had to tell my wife about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like exactly. you did what now? I said, Yeah, I have like five thousand subscribers. 
And she was like, what? <laughs> I had four videos up and right. she was just like, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm, just, I'm, you know, just sharing my hobby. Yeah. And, and, th and that's, what's cool about it. Like you're the, the unpretentiousness that you have in your videos makes it to where like the normal dude, dude, like it isn't even in the hobby. He doesn't have anything to do with it. They just like to watch cool videos. Like you bring it at that, at that level to where like somebody who knows nothing about what you're talking about can still get enjoyment out, which I think with that, for me, for me, that's, that's really cool because like, I'm constantly sending your videos to like, you know, people that I know that aren't even into whiskey. Really. They're not, they're not into anything. Yeah. They don't care, but I'm like, dude, look what this guy did. You know, <laughs> like crazy or not, whatever that, whatever you want to say, crazy or not, look what this guy did. And, um, so that's really, that, that's really intriguing to me. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just some of the, some of the things that, that you've done and I'm not going to, you know, gloat on you too much. Cause I don't want you to get a bigger head than you already have, but at the same, at no, the same no, stop, don't. Yeah, no. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, and and the fact that the the way that you approach it, and then now that you have a larger following, and I would say, you know, second, third largest, we'll just say it, it's debatable. I'm um, third largest. <laughs> I mean, the the fact that um, the fact that George, you know, has taken a hiatus is the only, <laughs> only reason why I'm the yeah. third largest. I think, and and. And we could talk about George too, if you want. I mean, his, his information was very like whiteboard. He, you know, he was, he was. He's so, my favorite biology teacher from high school. Absolutely. That is because everybody had a favorite science teacher yes. at, at yes. some point in your education. George reminds me of that guy so yep. much or kind of a, an amalgamation of several teachers. Mm -hmm. And as far as explain breaking down really complex stuff into a way that Hey, the guy in the back, you pay attention, yeah. you know, that's George. And yes. he, man, he really just, yeah, I, Jesse and I both said this privately to each other. We would not have YouTube channels about distilling uh, if it was not for George. Absolutely. He really, he broke down the door mm -hmm. and showed what it could be and then gave us the, the, he built his own audience and then gave us, you know, access to that audience because yep. he's gracious and amazing mm -hmm. and uh, helped us answer questions and helped us get started. And then we just kind of branched off on our own. Right. And, exactly. you know, that's, I will always owe George. He is one of my favorite people and yeah. uh, good dude, solid, yeah. solid dude. I, I got, I got to talk to him on the phone a couple of times uh, mm -hmm. just talking shop and stuff like that and he it was so weird how he would always post his phone number like yes. dude what are you doing yeah like like are you trying to get everybody and your mother calling you but he didn't care that was the thing he could no, care he less doesn't. he could care less i mean I also about... his balls are about this big <laughs> and they're made out of steel <laughs> yes and they right. just swing yes you know he yes. has trouble walking with yes. balls that big yes he does he does and, and it's it's really it's really funny because he could give a shit less he did what he did mm -hmm. now i would say to me and since you know some of the things he said i was like mm, you know i don't know like there was a couple of things but most of the time he was right he was spot on with everything that he said yeah and and, and that's that's the thing is you know george always said you know this is how i do it 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you find information that's different or better or works better for your system or your personality, it doesn't matter. Right. Do what works for you. Mm-hmm. This is a launch pad. And, yep. you know, I know that, um, you know, he was he was really into the PIDs for a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people gave him crap for that because it's, you know, it's not as good of a system when you're, you know, it's just not as good of a system. And, right. But it was a launch pad. How many people got into distilling doing it that way? And then they realized, oh, I want to try something different. I want to use right. a, a different kind of power controller. Right. And uh, or or build a different still. You know, I mean, PIDs have their place. Personally, I think they're good for brewing and mm-hmm. malt drying. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, you know, I think I if I hypothetically, if mm-hmm. I were distilling, I would want to watch it, Yeah, you know, watch my flow rate. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, You know, temperature is only, only meaningful to me in terms of, oh, okay. It's time to pay attention. Right. You know, right. like once we get to a certain temperature, then it's time to start paying attention. Right. Before that, te- before that temperature, then, you know, <laughs> I can play video games or yeah, exactly. take a nap. And, and so for, for the listeners who don't know what a PID is, it's a acronym for a precise integral derivative or something like that. So basically it's a set point that you make um, on a little keypad and it turns power on and yeah, it's off. A, it's, a, it's a little power controller with a digital readout on it. You say, uh, I want my, uh, I want to bring this, uh, the, my uh, heating element, sorry, brain's on. 60% right now. Okay. You say, okay. I want to turn my heating element off at uh, 165, or I want to float this temperature at 165 degrees. And it'll make sure that it cycles the power through that heating element nice and, until it hits that temperature, and then it'll float it right there. And then if you want to go up, if you want to increase or decrease, then you make those changes, and it'll do its best and keep it right there by turning the power on and off, doing different cycles. And um that's good when you are new to the hobby when you're brand new to the hobby you have no idea where the cuts are you don't even know what they smell like Uh, a pid is fantastic because it kind of takes that work out of it for you but it's not a way it's not something you should rely on forever because depending on what you're making depending on the goddamn weather and the barometric pressure stuff's going to come out or your heads and hearts are going to have a different transition point. Your hearts and tails are going to have a different transition point. And uh, the PID doesn't know that, but yeah. your senses do your eyes, your nose and your taste, taste buds. So, um, but as far as like, if you want to just have a still and run it and not really think about it, just swap your jars and know that roughly my hearts are going to start here. Right. And they're going to end over here at this temperature. That's fine. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are like that because uh, a lot of people don't want to work on their car. They just want to buy a car that works, yes. you know, and it's the same kind of thing. If you like tinkering, uh, if you like having a little bit more hands-on experience, then you don't use a PID. If you right. don't want to tinker, then a PID is just what you need, yep. you know, you're right. You're right. One of the one of the several tools. Right. And, you know, George and Jesse and I, we had uh, a long conversation about that. Um, 
when we all got together and uh, Jesse put it on his channel and, you know, I was so drunk. I, I was so drunk because we were, we were having a good deal of scotch and uh, George That's never brought a bad some very, That's never yeah, a bad thing. It, it wasn't. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm sitting in between these two trying not to look too drunk on camera. And, and the whole time I'm just like, mommy and daddy are fighting. <laughs> but they weren't. It was just a, a, a difference of opinion. And, and you know, in the end, they come to an understanding of, I like to use it for this, and I like to use it for that. And this is how I like to run my still. And this is how I like to run mine. And you'll notice in, uh, you know, George was heavily reliant on P, uh, on PIDs in his early videos, but I think as his audience matured, he started going with other power sources and right. explaining how those work and how to right. wire them up and all that. And uh, God, do you remember when all of his content left YouTube for a little while? Yes, yes, I do. That freaked me out. And, it did. Uh, it happened slow enough, like it was over like two days. I literally, I downloaded every fucking video he had. Wow. Okay. I downloaded all of them that were up at the time. And I think I still have them on a hard drive somewhere because I was just like terrified that yeah. I would lose all this information because I hadn't taken enough notes. Yeah, exactly. Know? Exactly. And <laughs> that's the thing, kids. Take notes. That's the difference between science and screwing around. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll try and link that, uh, that video in in the uh when when we post this um obviously the the audio listeners won't have it but go to the youtube channel and you'll find it um yeah. but yeah no i mean he i mean and i don't want to talk about george all night because you know that's not what we're here for but like he was he was a wealth of knowledge um oh yeah but he was also a really cool when when he was like you know what you might be right i'm wrong you know, and yeah, and the the fact that you and Jesse both got to hang out with him and just kind of you know chew the fat on all of that and create some yeah. pretty cool videos. You know, you could you could tell you could tell y'all were having fun, which was which was great, and that's what that's how it should be. You know, like yeah, it shouldn't be a competition. There should be none of that that BS. It should just be yeah, three like dudes hanging every... out. If every hypothetical hobby distiller got together in one big fat room, there should be no arguments. Mm -mm. There should be no disagreements other than, nah, I don't like the way that it tastes, or I, I like to run it this way. But nothing serious. It's nope. just like, why'd you use that kind of carburetor on your, you know, on your yep. classic car? Yep. Because uh, I like the way it runs. Yep. In, in the end, it's all about what what's in the glass and what mm -hmm. what it what got in that you know, what it took to make whatever's in the glass. And it could yeah. be a, a good vodka. It could be, a, you know, a whiskey. It could be whatever. It's all about the story that's behind it. And that's kind of what yeah. I'm trying to do with this podcast. I hate to say it like that, but that's kind of what I'm trying to do is just relay the story behind the spirit because, you know, yeah. it, it, whiskey in itself, you know, you can go get the same bottle off the shelf, the same Jim Beam, whatever. I don't care. You know, the same and bottle that's, every time. And it's going to be the beauty fine. of commercial whiskey. That is the absolute beauty of commercial whiskey is that if you fall in love with something, you will be able to get it unless it's a limited run, you know. Right. But um, you will more than likely be able to find it or uh, something super close to it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
um, every day. Yes. However, when you make something that you nickname Frankenstein, <laughs> because it's just patched together shit. Yes. And there's a there's a real likelihood you will never create that again. Nope. Mainly That's... because there was a sourdough starter, and those are unpredictable. Absolutely. You know, all the Absolutely. all the weird flavors that are going to get contributed are unpredictable, but mm -hmm. that's also the magic of this hobby. And you know, I I just love it. I, I love fucking around with shit and mm -hmm. then showing everybody what happened. You know, mm -hmm. that's why yep. I have this channel. Is, <laughs> look what look at this weird <laughs> shit that I just did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like my my wife has been had a sourdough. Uh, starter for oh good lord three years now and um you know it has gone through some crazy changes you know like mm -hmm. some days you can see the level of alcohol on the top of it oh yeah it's yeah, just yeah. going crazy and other days it smells like ass and then some days it mm -hmm. smells like bread and you're just like what mm -hmm. the hell but like yeah and she almost lost it she literally almost yeah. lost it and then she had some discard that she had been putting in the fridge and she was able to save it with her discard, which hallelujah yeah. for that. Cause I mean, it, you know, makes some of the best bread you'll ever eat. Oh my God. It like, seriously. Yeah, I can't, I can't even. And it, and the good thing is, you know, it's low gluten. It's all of, all of the things, you know, to where you don't have to worry about it. Of course, flour, you have to find the right flour, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the flavor on it is just so, and anybody who comes over, they're like, can I have some bread? You know, and she started doing a rye sourdough and that changed the mm -hmm. game right there. Once you start going into rye and other grains. Well, that's, that's inspiring right there. I think you just named a topic for a video. That's, that's what's going to happen. No, no, I, I guarantee you probably the best sourdough I have ever had. And like, I'm not huge. All right. Well, I, I want to, I want to talk to you about that off camera. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Stick around. There might be bloopers afterwards. Who knows? <laughs> but but Probably. i mean like like the flavors the flavors that came off of the rye like i'm not a huge rye bread like i love rye whiskey and stuff like that but like a rye bread it's like it gets almost too like i hate to say herbal or something like that like a but, but yeah this it's, one, there's this one there's hit. some there's some flavors that can be a little strange like almost yeah. a dill Sometimes yes. there's almost a dill yes. flavor to it. It's like, where yeah. the hell pickles come from? Yeah. You know? Now, now if I had pickles but, uh, on my sandwich with it, that'd yeah, be okay. Yeah, yeah. But like by That's... itself with a piece of butter, with butter bread, you're like, no, yeah. I don't want I'll that. I'll tell you what. Some sourdough rye bread with pickles, fresh onions, spicy mustard, and brown schweiger. Liverwurst? Oh, no. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. no. Oh, you no. slap your you, mama. It's so you good. must be German. Oh my God. <laughs> my, my wife is the farthest thing away from German and she okay. likes it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's know. basically meat peanut butter. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's kind of what it, that's that's what how it freaks eats. me out even more. It freaks me out it's even so more. Good. No, so good. I can't do it. I can't do it. My my father my my wife is very much German and my father in law is a hundred percent German. And he is constantly coming up with like blood sausage and like all oh, of these no, things and i'm do. like oh god oh. no i can't i can't yeah i'm all about like i can't do and head cheese and all of these things and i'm like mm. Mm. i've had it but it's not yeah, so great. I, I mean i tried it you know but yeah no it's great yeah yeah i can't i can't do it blutwurst it's yeah. not my not my jam no no it's not it's not 
So I don't know how we got on sausage, but <laughs> you know, that's never a dull moment. Because it's a family. sausage party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, where? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to go. From I don't there, know right? something about George, right? Yeah, You're talking yeah, about George. Yeah, whiskey so, or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're gonna we're gonna come back, and it's gonna be fine. Um, so. So you're the one that kind of introduced me to the 1030 barrels um, because yeah. you had, you had started using them and I was intrigued because, you know, like everybody thinks of a big barrel and everybody yeah. thinks of like, you know, there's no way that a home guy could ever fill up a 53 gallon barrel or even like a 10 gallon well, barrel or something like that. Well, it's, it depends on how motivated you are, but Absolutely. yeah, generally that is true. Generally, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you want to have eight thousand dollars worth of, of hearts laying around. Yeah. Well, I know. got uh, three pallets of grain coming in. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. So, so yeah. Um, tell us what kind of intrigue, because I mean, you know, if 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 you've been in the community long enough and watched enough videos, you see the guys putting the little oak staves or the chips and stuff in jars, yeah. which is fun yeah, and it works. That's your easiest way to do it. Uh, yeah. That's the easiest way to do it. I don't like chips because they go too fast. Absolutely. And you can ruin a batch like that. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've ruined one in, in four hours. Like I tried it and it was, it was good after like 12 hours. And then I went, ran a whole bunch of errands, came back four hours later. And, you know, it's when you're, when you're new to the hobby, you yep. try stuff all the time. Like mm -hmm. I don't need to try it again, but I want to. And uh, four hours later, it was ruined. It was basically oh, drain cleaner. It was so Lord. oaky and tannic and bitter. There's nothing I could do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I don't like chips. And the finer they are, the worse it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, staves are good. Uh, and and it's, to me, that's accessible to anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, barreling, you know, I... I ran into a uh, bad motivator on mm -hmm. uh, the homedistiller.org forum and I read everything that he wrote. Yep. And what was amazing to me was that he, he made these barrels and then showed us all how to do it. And he showed us his process, his, his prototypes. He was like, you know, uh, I thought about using glue in between the, mm -hmm. the slats of wood, but you know, it's gotta be organic. So he tried flour paste and then he was just like, well, screw it. Let's just, you know, use pressure. Uh, and, and just all the steps that he went through to build these barrels. And then he magically decided to share that with everybody. And it was, it was just astonishing. Also, not everybody knows this. Not everybody in the community knows this, unless you've been on homedistiller.org. That guy built a still that looks like R2D2. I'm, yeah. I'm very sad that he is no longer with us because he absolutely. was an absolute genius. Absolutely. And uh, thanks, Ben. Absolutely. Cheers, brother. But the good thing is, the good thing is. And uh, uh, yeah, he shared all that knowledge. And yeah, now now Chris is taking over the business mm -hmm. uh, and, and going to carry on that legacy for the family. And I think that is amazing. I'm actually going to hook up with him uh, at some point here in the future. And, uh, but, uh, because Ben was so generous and so forthcoming with all of his knowledge, 
um, the guy that makes the 1030 barrels, I'm sorry, dude, I can't remember your name. Ian. Um, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he hit me up a couple of years ago and was like, Hey, do you want to try these out? And I was like, sure. All right, cool. And, uh, what I love about those is that if you are distilling in a, uh, a you know, five or an eight gallon pot, you know, you're doing five gallon batches at a time, you're not getting two gallons of product that it takes to fill a bad motivated barrel. No. You're getting about uh, a bottle or two bottles worth that it would take to fill these, uh, you know, one quart size, uh, 1030 barrels. And, you know, it's, it's the same process, but, uh, you know, just on a smaller scale and yeah, I love them. I love all of them. Well, uh, well, I've seen some, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say to, uh, to caveat that, um, as most of the people will know, and by the time this is out, it'll be long running. Uh, this podcast is actually sponsored by bad motivator barrels. So, uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, uh, Ian over there at 1030, he is doing some really cool stuff. Um, you know, and I just had, I went to, um, a local distillery, Andalusia whiskey. If you've ever heard of it, new, you guys have never heard of me talk about Andalusia at all. Once I got some of, some of their new make and I put it in a 1030 barrel. It's right back behind my head. And, um, it was a French Oak wine finished barrel. And Oh my God, yeah. after, I think it's been in there for eight months. It is some of the best whiskey and it's their triple distilled, which is, you know, uh, it's their, it was their white, but it was trip the triple distilled. So it didn't have any peat or smoke or anything in it. It is by far like the color on it's really dark. It's really nice. But at the same time, like the flavor, it takes me back to Ireland. Like literally I am, yeah. I've never been to Ireland, but I would think that's what it would taste like. You know, is that, is that, <laughs> is that, that whiskey? So yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm all, I'm all on. And that's the biggest difference well. between these, the, the 1030 and the bad motivator barrels. They take time. They take a lot of time to age your stuff. Whereas if you, you know, put a stick in a jar and pour spirit on top of it, you're going to have something that's pretty good in like two months, month or two months, uh, six months at the outside. But with the 1030 or bad motivator, they, add, they age at the same speed as a giant 53 gallon barrel. Absolutely. So it's, it takes as long as it takes. It can take one, two, three, six years, but you're getting all that flavor in a very slow progression, mm -hmm. not all at once like you do with a stave. Mm -hmm. And you're getting that oxygen transfer. So it's yes. mellowing the spirit and you're getting esterification and all kinds of weird yep. magical chemistry shit that's mm -hmm. happening in there. And I, I love that we now have that option and we have several options. Absolutely. So I, it's I, good stuff. I, I love it. And and the fact that like even people that don't, you know, that don't want to touch a still, that don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. You know, go get you a bottle of new make from somewhere. Absolutely. There's white yeah. dog whiskeys all over the all, liquor store. All over the place. And I had a a a, a fellow a listener, he told me he went to his local distillery and they were like, Bro, how, why has nobody ever asked us for the new make? He got two gallons of new make build a, a bad mo with it and now it's sitting mm. and he's like yeah. he's gonna take them a sample when it's like a year year and a half old he's gonna take them a sample because they want to know they want to know the side by side mm. between their big barrels compared to these 
Because you know how cool that would look yeah. behind your bar at, at your tasting right. room, having some yeah. old old fashioned or something aging in a Badmo barrel. Um, sure, I'm actually yeah. I'm actually doing a, a little whiskey event the 14th of August, and um, I'm going to either take a Badmo, depending upon how many people are there. They, they haven't got back maybe on how many people are going to be there. Either a Badmo or a 10:30, and make an old fashioned. Did you mean the? Go ahead. Did you mean the 14th of October? October. Did I say August? Okay, you did. Okay. I'm sorry. I meant October. Okay, I'm a, I'm going to level with you. I'm a time traveler, and I'm from the future, oh, shit. and I'm going back in time <laughs> to pour whiskey for people. Whatever. No, October. <laughs> I'm sorry, October. And so, like, I just need to know how many people are going to there be there because I don't want to make two gallons of old fashioned, and then oh no, I have to drink all of it. You know, but oh darn! And and here's the thing: I don't want to, me- and I hate to say it like this. I don't want to mess up a bad mo with old fashioned. It might be cool to put something else in and see what happens with the the bitters and stuff yeah. like that in it. But but then at the same I, time, I think yeah, you're right. It's kind of a one use uh, Asian yeah. cocktails, mixed cocktails in a in a bad mo or or ten thirty is going to give you probably just a one use mm-hmm. uh, option. So like. Yeah. My thing is, if you're going to barrel age cocktails, do it in a wooden barrel. One of the little ones you can get on Amazon. Yes. Because to me, those are, I've used them before. They're fine, but they're not nearly as good as a bad mo because they will over oak your shit. Um, But uh, if you, if you do cocktails in there, it's going to be a little quicker Mm -hmm. of an aging process than using a bad mo or a 1030. And you're going to get a much better flavor than if you just try to do it with staves. Um, so, yeah, I would just get one of those wooden yeah. barrels for yeah, stuff like that. Just, just, that. just for your listeners. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling right. listeners. Well, well, my, you need something a little quicker. My, my wife actually a, a while back had bought me one of those little barrels and she had it engraved with my name on it and shit. But like mm-hmm. she was like, you know, you can make old fashions and put them in here. Well, I didn't. I had a half half empty bottle of wild turkey 101 and i said hey let me see what happens if i age it in there you know like it's not a super expensive whiskey but it's a whiskey i like so i'm like let me see if a little extra oak does anything i left it for Mm -hmm. i don't know two three months went back and there was literally probably a tablespoon of whiskey left in it it was totally evaporated (laughs) out and the whiskey that came out was black and i was like yeah not gonna drink that so i wasted like what 25 bucks but still it was it was a fun thing and that's and that's what i tell people like go out there try the things you know um you know because that's that's the fun of this hobby is is trying new shit absolutely and even if you're even if you're just a listener and you're an enthusiast that doesn't mean you can't get one and age something in it. You know, get some, even if you mm-hmm. use Everclear, I wouldn't say use Everclear, but even if you did use Everclear, you would get a cool light whiskey out of it at least, you know? So, I mean, do something. Yeah. Do something. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Now what? <laughs> now what do we talk about? Now what? Um, yeah. We talk barrels. We talk. Okay. So you just did something that was really cool and near and dear to my heart. Um, you just did a cherry, can't say the German name for it. Um, Kirschwasser. Kirschwasser. Yeah. You yeah. just did that because I live in a German community and I've been mm-hmm. wanting to recreate a, a wine, a brandy, or something like that 
to mm-hmm. to kind of commemorate that because in my community the older germans are unfortunately passing away and they are not oh, yeah. they are not leaving behind their recipes for old homemade wine and old this and yeah. they're like i'm literally talking to everybody when i go do my dreaded day job i'm literally talking to all the old german people i know i'm like do you have any recipes mm-hmm. do you have anything yeah. that i can get and so this this recipe that you did is actually really cool because it's very similar to something that I wanted to do. So tell us a little bit about the the story behind that and kind of uh, the weird thing that happened when you made it. Um, well, the uh, actually that you know, mentioning old German relatives and, and stuff. Uh, my father told me about a relative who used to make uh, blackberry wine and he said it was very strong and very sweet and that relative is you know long long gone before I was ever born right. but um, I picked my dad's brain about it I said tell me everything that you can about the flavor of that and uh, you know he he did and that was what really got me into starting to think about making my own beer and wine I think probably when I was in my twenties oh, wow. and it just always kind of stuck in my head that, Oh, I could make my own wine. That sounds cool. And, uh, when I, when I finally started and got into it, I was like, I really want to recreate that wine. I just haven't had a good enough blackberry harvest to, to really make a decent attempt at it. You know, the last time I did it, I had to add a bunch of blackberry puree. It came out but I really want to try one that's just like a five gallon bucket full of nothing but fruit. Yes. And then, and yeast. And then I just mash it with a fucking stick and <laughs> see what happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, but apparently this, this guy, he would just pour in ass loads of sugar, like every few days and stir it until the sugar, uh, until the, the yeast just stopped working. So basically yep. He created a toxic environment where there was too much sugar for the yeast to survive. It had created as much alcohol as it was going to, and it was still nice and sweet. And apparently he just did it like on a crock, in a crock on the counter with a piece of cheesecloth over the top. You know, it was all wild fermented. And, wow. Um, so I, I definitely want to try that. I just, the drought this year was absolutely oh brutal. Absolutely. It was brutal. My, my garden, I, my uh, garden is shit. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It- I got, I got last year, I got 15 pounds of, um, muscadines mm-hmm. and this year I got six, six pounds. I mean, I was literally, I was driving past the places that I normally, uh, go to get grapes and, uh, looking at the vines and they were just after the first two weeks of a good pick, they were all dead. You know, that was it. Yeah. And I just wasn't going to get any more. Nope. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, so back to the Kirschwasser. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you, uh, you know, you said you this is uh, normally an hour long podcast. And I will find some segues to take. <laughs> you <don't, laughs> you do what you got to do. It'll be three o'clock in the morning before I, I stop talking. Well, I mean, I'm going to cut you off at, at some point. I got to go to bed. <laughs> Um, so the Kirschwasser was another one that, uh, I think my grandfather or a friend of my grandfather's had mentioned it and, uh, you know, they were, they were having some at a, 
at a holiday party and uh, I got to try some and I was like, oh, this is really good. But I hadn't had it again in years and years and years, uh, probably decades. And so I went and I bought that that bottle of uh, absolute crap in yeah, the liquor absolutely. store. I went to a, a liquor store and I was just like, uh, hey, do you have any uh, Kirschwasser? And the guy was like, huh? And I said, uh, where do you keep your brandies, your fruit brandies? And he said, like plum and peach. I said, yeah, that's like, yes. Like, like that. <laughs> like that. And uh, I found, you know, that bottle of De Kuiper or De Kruper or whatever the hell it's, however it's pronounced. And um, got it home, tried it, and immediately poured the rest of the glass out because it was just hot garbage. Hot garbage. Um, it didn't even taste like, like if they, if it tasted like uh, cherry Jolly Ranchers thrown in vodka, that would have mm -hmm. been a vast improvement. This stuff was just not, um, and it didn't taste anything like what I had had decades before. Right. You know, there are certain things that you eat or drink that you will always remember that flavor. This stuff didn't taste anything like that. And so what I was trying to do was recreate that. And so I got together with the liquor fairy and, you know, just made my thing. Uh, the biggest problem with, with Kirschwasser or Rakia, any, any of the, any of the stone fruit brandies that are common in uh, Europe and, and Eastern Europe, especially, uh, it, it's, it's down to personal preference about whether or not they take the stones out. Uh, mm -hmm. Most places, and, and it's not about the cyanide risk from the stones, it's the flavor. They either don't want that flavor or they do. Normally for cherry, uh, they want that flavor because it's it's more amaretto-y. It's more, um, I don't know, it adds a richness and not necessarily a bitterness. But if you leave in like plum and apricot stones, you can get a really harsh bitterness. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that uh, that stuff just came out really, really well. I <laughs> I left this off camera. Um, you know, I mentioned in the video that you could put all the mash in a bag and and put that in your uh, fruit press, or you could just squeeze it by hand. And uh, you know, off camera, I went ahead and I decided to use my fruit press and popped a hole in it. Because oh, one of the stones, one of the stones kind of like flipped up, the, the bag just kind of puckered up above the, the press plate and it held there with a little stone in it. And then it just acted like a hernia. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so as I'm spinning this thing, I'm like, that's going to pop. That's going to pop. That's going to pop. Sure enough, it did. And because uh, I was just sawing the bag open by spinning that thing down. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, as soon as it popped, it's just like, yeah. just you know it's just shitting mash all, yeah. all out into the driveway oh. <laughs> and you know honestly it wasn't even worth the effort because i got maybe an extra quart oh, to send out it yeah it was yeah. just like okay i could have just let not this sit it. in a strainer yeah not worth it but well, uh yeah that one was actually uh, that was a trickier ferment. I could not figure out what was going on with it. I um, I, I only got it down to 1.008, and it started at 1.072. So 
So I still had a decent amount of sugar left in there. Right. Um, and I tried everything. I mean, I've been through my fair share, unfair share of stalled ferments. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, you know, I, tr I tried uh, raising the temperature. I tried mm -hmm. lowering the temperature. And uh, I added nutrients. I added a different kind of nutrients. I made sure that my pH was, you know, nice and stable. Um, it didn't really matter. I think I added three different kinds of yeast by the time I was done. And, you know, I was just trying to get it, get it all the way down to dryness, but you know, I, I know better than to bother with that. You know, one of the yeah. things I've said before is don't be greedy, just yep. run what you got, unless yep. it's like ridiculous, like yeah. a 1.7 and, and it only fermented down to 1.03 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep trying to try again, you know, yeah. or, or there's something wrong, yeah. but like the, uh, the melon shine that I did mm -hmm. was the same way, except, except way worse. Um, that one, I just, I figured out it was the pulp. You can't put melon pulp in a ferment. It's got to only be the juice. Something in the pulp kills yeast. Yep. But, um, yeah, the cherry was just more stubborn, but it, it, uh, turned out a really good product. You know, the liquor fairy, uh, ran about a, quart of wash in the thumper and the rest in the boiler and you know nice and low and slow but mm -hmm. it's it's good enough that uh you know through a single run but um you know it was a little it it was a small volume and i think that you know i mentioned that in the video but it really is kind of a problem yeah. when you're doing a small volume on a still that's not made small you know, like uh, I did that mini still, mm -hmm. mini still handles, you know, a gallon at a time. And, uh, you know, if you put it in a still that's for five, six or eight gallons, it's just, there's, there's too much, there's too much area inside there and things are going to start to get a little muddled mm -hmm. and uh, you're not going to get as clean of separation on your cuts. And, you know, hypothetically speaking, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, um, there's a there's a local local distillery here in town, and he practices in an Aust Austrian, not Australian, an Austrian style eau de vie. And when he does, uh -huh. like our our town is big on peaches and stuff like that. That'll yeah, yeah, give, yeah. That'll kind of give it away. I'm sorry, but um, it like what he does. He'll take the peach crop. And he will take half of his stones, throw them away, and then he ferments and mashes on the other half of the stones. And I've actually helped yeah, him. Yeah, so he's figured out there's a there's a recipe there. Exactly. And, <coughs> and, I and think, he's I think he's, that's oh, he's sorry, a he no he's a, he's a mastermind at his particular eau de vie that he's trying to make because you know eau de vie being a white spirit, unaged, it's un got to be amazing. It has to be great. And the, yeah. the past two that he's made have been pretty good. The issue is, and, and I know, I mean, this is not dogging him. Do what you got to do to get it. And I understand yields are bad. He wasn't <clears> even <throat> able to make the peach this year because peaches didn't make. He made a pear, but not the peach. Anyway, the past two yeah. years, a 375 was like 120 bucks. So, like, yeah, it, wow. it, I mean, but he didn't have a very high yield on it as well, like you're saying. So, yeah, I th I think, and of course, his still is is a commercial size. I think it's right at 
hundred gallons or something like that. It was, in, it was in liters, but I don't know what that is. But anyway, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is either your price at, at the commercial level when you start making brandies, it takes an incredible amount of fruit to make one bottle. Absolutely, you know, an incredible amount, like fifty Absolutely. pounds, and. Uh, <sighs> It's so good though. Absolutely. It's so delicious. Yeah. I mean, I I I spend so much money when I make brandies. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> um, I, I was talking to um, and by the time this comes out, it the, the episode will be out a long time. I was talking to Robert Licorice from Iron Root, and he was saying when they make brandy, they're going through tons. Ton, tons i'll say it again tons of fruit yeah of grapes of mm. grape wine or whatever um yeah and luckily they're getting some of it from like wineries around the area uh hidden yeah. hanger hidden hanger is one that they pull from a lot um so it's like some of their stuff that maybe kind of went a little like eh, it might be a little oxidized yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that which if you distill that it's not going to come over so it's fine no but but at the same time like He's like, you would not believe we tried to make our fresh, a fresh brandy. And it was so much fruit. And we're like, no, mm -hmm. we're not going to do that no more. We're going to do just juice. Yeah. Because when you, when you get it all pressed and, and you look at what you have, wait, first the amount of material you brought in, then the work that it took to process it all. Yep. And then you look at what you have. It's just like, oh my God, was this even worth it? And then you taste it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it okay, was. okay, yeah, it's it, 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 it was. It's you know, that's yeah, it's unbelievable how much of a difference there is, but in your return on your investment mm -hmm. between whiskey uh, or any grain spirit uh, versus any brandy. It's just you're right. I mean, here's your here's your brandy investment and at the top of the screen. Here's your whiskey investment, <laughs> and then here's your return yeah exactly like exactly exactly yeah but so, so good so i so i forgot good. i forgot to ask you before we got not before we got started but normally what i ask my my guests who come on and i guess i'll consider you a guest um is what what whiskey are you really if you're into if you're super into whiskey if not i get it but what whiskey are you into right now that like if you if you're out of bottle, you got to go get another. Um, everybody's been all over the place with it, so it's not a it's not a trick question. It's just something that it's like, hey, what's your go to or something you have to have on the shelf other than stuff the liquor fairy is leaving behind? Hmm, that's difficult. It is. That's why I do it. <sighs> while while you're thinking. I actually made this is some homemade wine I made and it is from Yummy. it is from you're not going to believe it it is uh we had a a party months back and it is a chicken express sweet tea that I fermented get and the fuck out of here I mean come on <laughs> hey you think it's just you doing weird shit no I'm doing weird That's shit. awesome it's chicken express sweet tea it only ended up being like a 1040 to 1050 gravity. And I was like, oh, yeah. hell no, that's not enough. So I bumped it up yeah. to 1090. 
and uh, fermented it, and it's been sitting on a little bit of oak for, oh, God, nine months, a year, yeah. maybe. And uh, the, so so I'm having a, so if everybody's seeing me pour out of this bottle, it's not whiskey. It's a, I think I think it ended up being like 11 percent. So it's a pretty yeah. decent wine. Yeah, it's a it, good, that's a good wine. That's a good it stout liter- wine. It literally tastes like like Mike's hard uh or twisted tea, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. That is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, you know, I can uh, with what I can honestly do, you know what I mean. For me, I'm gonna have this the easy the easy answer. I can't give you a specific. That's fine. I can give you an easy answer. Do it. Anything anything from iron root. Mm-hmm. Anything from Iron Root. I mean, that's a cop out since I was just talking and, about them, but well, that's and and that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Absolutely. I mean, I've I've I had a Balcones phase, I had an Andalusia phase, I have had um, a yellow rose phase. Oh yeah. Um coming soon. But yeah, I've kind of I've kind of been uh, all over the map. And it's like I'm gonna have to work my way through this, but honestly. I don't drink enough. I mean, that is kind of a bad thing. I don't drink enough. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm working Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, so it takes me a long time to get through stuff. Uh, I have to, you know, go find some friends or how do you make friends? Well, I mean, it starts out like this. I think we're doing pretty right. good. Um, no, so far. But- <laughs> So far, I think the date's going well. No, um, I mean, <laughs> if you let me braid your beard, then we can stay friends forever. No, um, <laughs> it's really hard. And I'm going to say this not as a like one of these Andrew Tate dude bros, but it's really super hard. Fuck Andrew for, Tate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is super hard for guys, especially to like make friends. Like, because, you know, your yeah. wife is always like, Hey, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends and they have a husband. You might like him. He likes football. And you're like, right. yeah, but I don't get <laughs> shit. So, right. you know, I'm what if he's gonna... a, what if he's an asshole? Maybe he's that kid in class who would always eat glue. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I mean, it's, maybe it's he hard. does it for her, but he's not going to do <laughs> He's not going to, you know. Yeah. It's it, it's yeah. super it's super hard. And and the older you get, the harder, the harder it gets, oh, I yeah. promise. You know, it, it really it literally is. like, and I hate hanging out with like contractors I work for and stuff like that, because then you're like, so how's work going? Oh, we were at the same <laughs> job. Yeah, that's no, it's fine. Hey, you mean this, fine. the shit I was doing right over there? Yeah, like that. I mean, okay, no, you can, um, you can look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. It really is. But I mean, I don't know why we're talking about friends now, but Okay. <laughs> So to wrap this up, and I'm going to bring it back around, um, I'm going to ask you a youtube question because as a new YouTube guy, I'm getting a little jump and I'm getting some people listening and following and stuff like that, and it's great, and I love all my, all my followers, and they're, they're good people. And I want the true ones. I don't want all the bots and the bullshit that comes along with that. Um, and don't worry, uh, YouTube will do do you a favor and filter that shit out every year. Oh, okay. and your subscriber count will go. <laughs> okay, it'll just you'll like lose five thousand subscribers, and oh, then, then it'll I start mean, to come back. I, I guess I have to get to five thousand. Not, not first. that many. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like, that many, but like you'll occasionally like every six months or so, uh, maybe eight months or so, you'll lose like a hundred subscribers. And you're like, where'd they all go? Yeah. And it's so, bots. Yeah. Yeah. And but so, it, it, but it comes back because YouTube actually filters through that. And, you know, they say, these are suspect. We're going to take them out. And then right. they look through them and they say, oh, okay, these are okay. And so they put some of them back, at okay. least in my experience. Right. So, so I kind of want to know a little, and if you can get into this, and I don't want you to go too deep into it, but like a little bit of the behind the scenes, like, uh, and, and the, I know it's different for you because, and we can talk about this if you would like, um, and, you know, however you want to go there. But like you've been, you've had some episodes and then you've had a time period where you didn't reduce episodes and then you had some more episodes. Does that give you a huge hit in like subscribership oh, and yes. shit like that? If I had been consistent mm -hmm. since, cause Jesse and I started at about the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to compare myself. I'm not going to compare, compare my content to Jesse's content. It is because different. He puts out some, amazing shit and his production quality is so good and he's so smooth like i edit the shit out of my videos because i um and on uh my way through every fucking sentence <laughs> and he doesn't have to because that's not the way he talks yep. it's just that's the way my my brain makes words come out you know, uh, uh, you know so i cut that shit out because otherwise my viewers are like skip 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 get to the point you know and uh, you know, when shit happens uh, with life, either uh, clinical depression or some shit that happens with family, family emergencies, stuff like that, mm. uh, you know, you take breaks and then the channel goes <laughs> and it sits. And then when you start doing videos again, it's like, eh, oh. <laughs> you got to rebuild that shit. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now. This is like the second or third time some shit's happened and I had to, you know, come back and, and rebuild the channel. I was in the process of doing that in March and then my wife got really fucking sick just out of nowhere. Yep. And so I took a couple months off and like, I didn't even, <clears throat> I didn't even watch YouTube videos because I couldn't, I didn't have right. time. Right. And, you know, when you have uh, extra stuff to do, you know, this is, it's not, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's my passion to do this. This is, this is what I, I, I love teaching and I love showing, uh, the weird shit that I get into. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's gotta take a back burner when, uh, shit hits the fan, you know, absolutely. absolutely. <clears throat> and, and I will say this and being someone who knows a little bit about, a, a little bit about the back end of it. Uh, being a yeah. Patreon supporter of yours, and I, you know, I appreciate all the extra content you're trying to do for that. Um, but also, the 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 core members are gonna be there no matter what, and you need to understand that. And I know, like, it sucks when you see a dip, and then like, you know, you're talking about sponsorships and stuff like that. And and I understand that, but at the yeah. same time, none of that shit matters if your house ain't right. If your house ain't right, right, you know, that's the yeah. main thing you have to, you have to worry about because, you know, in the end, YouTube is a platform and yes, it could create monetary gain and that's great and that's cool. But at the end of the day, it's not worth your life or anybody else's life or putting that on yeah. the back burner. You always have to think about 
other things first. And that's one of the cool things about you is you're like, Hey man, I got to do what I got to do. Um, yeah. Instead of trying to stress through it. I used to, I think the first time it happened, um, I tried to, to, to work through things and I started wearing myself really thin and, uh, I just felt so guilty that I wasn't putting out content and, you know, honestly, things in life were easier at the time. So I wish I had kind of figured my shit out and, and, and pushed through it and kept with it. Cause I, chances are I would be in a better position to not have an outside day job, um, or at least not have an outside day job that, uh, cooks me <laughs> like I, a I frog know. in a pot. <laughs> brother, I, I feel you, brother. It's this, this yeah. heat is killing me. Oh man, it was so bad this year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, but that's the cool thing about what kept hoping I was going to sweat off some of my weight. Absolutely, really didn't happen. No, it didn't. Which is weird. Why am I not skinnier? Yeah, like what the hell's going on here? Is it like the the air is making me fat, but yet skinny at the same time? What the hell? (laughs) The heat is like. Putting Twinkies in my belly. looks amazing, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, it's really cool that you can take a step back and be like, this isn't... And I I hate to say that YouTube and all that bullshit is like a fantasy world, but it kind of is. Like, you think about it, if you lived in that world all the time, and I've talked to Jesse at length about this, if you live in that world all the time, you live that fantasy. You know what I mean? Look at Mr. Beast. I mean, good Lord, he lives his fantasy. At this point. Well, but, he's he's a billionaire and he can afford to live in a giant toy store. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Also, it's easy for a guy like him to say, I don't care about money. <laughs> absolutely. When you don't have to worry like about he, money. He's straight, up, he's straight up said, oh, I don't care about all this money. I'll give it away tomorrow. I don't care. Okay. That, oh, okay. Yeah. It's easy well, to say when you're fucking billionaire absolutely when you have everything paid for and you don't have to worry about anything yeah you can give away ever again million dollars like ever again like literally he could stop doing it and be fine for the rest of 10 lifetimes absolutely absolutely and i and i don't hate him for it but at the same time i don't either he figured out a niche and he has you know pounded the shit out of it absolutely and and i've watched a couple of his videos just like seeing what the hell is he doing so have i just just a couple because you yeah. you hear his name over and absolutely. over absolutely but I'm, and like, I'm like yeah this is this is this content is not for me this is, is this garbage. is for younger kids and, <laughs> this is garbage. yeah yeah so, i mean if i was 12 or 15 i would think wow this is amazing yeah no, i want to go and you know jump in a giant pool of elephant toothpaste too yeah exactly know, or whatever yeah, yeah whatever but anyway, so it's it's cool that you can take a step back from that and kind of like put your priorities where they need to be. And I'm hoping that now that you're back in releasing videos, Lord willing, continuously now, um, that you know this the it, the growth will continue to follow. So yeah. what is what is the how do you see the and I know this this is the trick question and it's the last one. Um, what do you see the future of the bearded and board channel? Like, how do you see it? I'm not going to give you a timeline, you know, like let's call it a couple of years, a year, however you want to look at it. Where do you see it going? I mean, well, obviously making weird shit, but you know, other than that, first, I first got to run for president. No, 
Absolutely. Come on. I'd vote. <laughs> no, I'd vote for you. I don't even know what never. side you're on. I, I don't care. <laughs> never. Absolutely. I, hate I don't politics. want that. I don't want um, that. I don't want that headache. No, the only the only politics I care about is legalizing hobby distilling at the federal level. That is the only politics I, I care to discuss with anyone. Amen. Um, uh, so here's my goal: uh, make a couple million dollars okay. somehow, and then pay for a lobbyist to go back to Congress and lobby to get hobby distilling legalized. Because okay. when I started getting in this hobby in 2015. Uh, that that was happening. There, the um, the owner of uh, Brewhouse America, uh, Rick something. Yeah, I know. Who you're um, talking. it's been a while since I've been in the scene, but um, he he spent sixty thousand dollars of his own money to mm -hmm. pay a lobbyist to go to Congress and, and get legislation drafted, and we got that close. Um. But it was, you know, basically the <sighs> whatever. It, it, anyway, it didn't happen. And it so, did. like, dream scenario, yeah, I, I make enough money to, to do that. Um, reality scenario, keep making weird-ass videos and eventually be able to afford a new camera and uh, a lavalier mic and maybe a, maybe a, a light. So that I don't have to turn on every light in my kitchen. <laughs> I know, I know exactly yeah. how you feel, brother. I get you. that, and and just being able to afford the ingredients that I want to get and and fuck around with, because there's so much cool stuff that um, the further away it is, the more expensive it is. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you've and you've always been an innovator of doing weird shit with weird ingredients. So like it's yeah. always been an expensive hobby for you to begin with from the start because you wanted to make I have you know you wanted to make so a weird shit. Ideas. Yeah, exactly. I have. So. And and I the reason why I want to do it is not to like, you know, spit in the face of oh well, you know, the liquor industry doesn't know what they're doing. No, because I haven't found that anyone else has done it before, so I yeah. want to try it. I want to see what it tastes like. How do you make it? You know, that's why I made Baiju. I thought, shit, that is fucking weird. We don't do anything like that with whiskey over here. Yep. Solid Absolutely. state fermentation. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep. How does that even work? And the more I dug into it, the more I was fascinated by it. I mean, I was hoping that a Chinese still manufacturer would contact me and send me a still to play with because the, the heavenly pot still that they use is made out of fucking bamboo. Yes. That's yes, crazy. Yes. You know? Uh, and I'd, I'd love to play with one of those, but I mean, that's just the, that's the kind of stuff that really gets me going, gets me excited about saying, look what weird shit I found out. You know, I, I got to show you guys this, yep. you know, that's, that's the, that's the amazing part about having this YouTube channel is that I can bring weird shit to more people than I ever would have expected mm -hmm. that find it fascinating too. You know, absolutely. Uh, I love that. Absolutely. And and that's so, one of the as long things, as I can keep doing that, that's my future. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things why why I wanted to have you on because I know you're doing cool shit, and I know you need more. Here's the thing, my my millions and millions of followers, they're gonna follow <laughs> you, and they're gonna be like, yes, Joe Rogan Jr. told me to follow you. No, um, <laughs> no, no. Literally, like if you guys are into any of this shit that we're talking about. Like, 
Bearded does some shit that, like, I can't even tell you. Like, there's some things on there where I'm like, I don't even know if you should be doing that. That might be, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's that, that's part of the fun is yeah. when you tell me that something won't work, I'm going to try it. And I, I will probably make a video of it letting you know that this was dumb. Don't <laughs> do it. It tasted horrible. However, if you want to try it, maybe go this direction yeah. and, and you might get something usable. I mean, with the, the tequila thing. I mean, honestly, my my second tequila video, I mean, I don't even know if I should say this. Well, right. I'm never going to have enough money to start a distillery. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to pull that video down because Why? I think I found something. Okay. I think I found something. I, I think I found the magic. Okay. You can't you can't cheaply get the the pinas no. to make tequila you here can't. in Texas. It is not it is not something that's easy to do. Nope. Um, so whenever there's a small te- uh, a you know agave spirit maker here in 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 Texas or anywhere in the United States, they're doing it with agave syrup, and then they, you know, they make a, a honestly it's 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 not good. I mean, there's nothing wrong. It doesn't taste bad when you make an agave spirit. It's just boring. There's not that much to it. There's a little bit of a sugary character. There's a little bit of an agave character. It's all so muted, Mm -hmm. but by taking those, those leaves that I found, uh, the, the actual, uh, mage agave cactus leaves and roasting them and adding them to the mash, that it's tequila. I, I don't know how else to, to say it. it's tequila. Yep. Whereas what I made before was a spirit that was, sorry, what I made hypothetically before hypothetically. was a spirit that had an agave note. But this second round was fucking tequila. I mean, because you got all the terpenes and the, the weird ass flavor compounds and the shit that if you let it touch your hands, it burns your fingers. Mm. All that went in there, got broken down and chewed the shit up by the yeast and it's tequila. And so like part of me is like, well, I need to not share this information because this could eventually be a business for me. Like if I were to start a distillery tomorrow, some millionaire comes to me and says, I want to invest in what Bearded and Board can do. Okay, we're going to start a tequila distillery, and it's we're going to start a, a, a an agave spirit distillery, and it's going to be the best fucking thing anybody's ever tasted in America. Now, the guys who make it in Mexico, theirs will always be superior. Yes, but if I can make it here and I can make it fairly cheap using a waste product, they have to throw away because they're not you know they're not going to get any sugar out of those things. It's right. just a flavor component. Um. You know, it could be competition, but yep. you know, those are pie in the sky dreams. And I think everybody who's in the home brewing and home distilling, uh, you know, community, whether you do it or don't do it, you still have this tiny kernel of a dream in the back of your mind that says, Oh, one day I could open a, a business. It's a tough ass business. And Absolutely. you know, I was a I was a chef for 15 years and I will never open my own restaurant. Not Absolutely if I have $10 million sitting there to do it. Nope. Cause I know what it's like. 
and you know home brewing and home distilling is fun just like cooking at home can be fun um but doing it for a business is you know you think it's boring sitting next to a still for six eight ten hours at home in your garage imagine doing it at work and knowing that when you're done you have to hog out that still and get all that grain into a bin to take to the cattle rancher you know yep but you know there's a part of me that still thinks man that'd be awesome yeah it would <laughs> I know, I know. I feel, I feel the same way because, like, every time I go to a place like Andalusia, where they're doing everything on site, in house, you know, yeah. moose is over there dumping out the mass ton, all that stuff, and it's like, this would be so cool. I mean, if they could pay me enough, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right. Ty, I'm sorry, Ty, you can't pay me enough. I mean, I make, <laughs> I unfortunately, I make too much doing what I do, which. I don't know how because like I can't even afford my mortgage, but yet I make too much. Anyway, like taxes, would, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to do yeah. that for like what a couple of weeks, a month, and then afterwards you're just oh, like, sure. oh crap. Another day of run of the still, you know. And I don't want yeah. it to turn into something to where like I hate the whiskey coming out. Like I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You know, like yeah, I don't yeah, want it yeah. to turn into that. I want it to be this mystique of like, Ooh, what's the new thing coming out? You know, like what's, what and are we, what are we doing now? You know? Yeah. That's the thing is if I, uh, if I were to have a commercial distillery, I would still want to fuck around. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I probably wouldn't sell anything because, well, this week or he's, you know, I did something weird ass shit with pecans or something, you know, uh, just, so I would have a whole bunch invested in all these different products and no real theme mm -hmm. to what it is that Bearded and Board Distillery actually makes. You know, <laughs> what are they, what, what are, are they, they known doing? for? Yeah. Uh, depends on the week. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that to me is so cool that like, even if you were, you know, hypothetically to go and do a big thing, you'd still be doing the shit you're doing already. So Oh yeah. Like, to, to me, to me, that, that just shows your, your drive and initiative in what you're trying to do and your like love of the actual craft of doing yeah, all I will of that. Always, I will always search for what is weird and unexpected and see if I can, uh, I, I always want to get to the very bottom, the very base of whatever it is that I'm going to try. I want to find out the, where did that come from? How was it always done? And what are the changes that were made along the way? And then if it's something strange, like uh, that's going to be strange to the Western palate, like Baiju, Baiju yeah. can be terrible. It could taste like yeah. fingernail polish remover. Mm -hmm. um, then I will, you know, see how I, I need to make adjustments in order to bring that closer to something that the Western palate would enjoy. Yep. Um, and I have so many ideas that I, I I don't think I'm ever going to run out of stuff to try. So, and th and that to me gives yeah. me a lot of hope for your channel, especially because like I can't wait to see me what too. kind of crazy what kind of crazy shit you're going to get into. <laughs> so, on that, any last words before we get off? Uh, I don't know. Watch my videos, share them, share them with your friends. Awesome, awesome. I, I so could definitely use. Uh, <laughs> I want to hit one hundred thousand subscribers someday and at the current math 
it's probably going to be like three more years. <laughs> oh, well, well, no, so, so guys, <laughs> here, here's, here's your mission statement of the night. Ready? Go subscribe to Bearded and Board. It's pretty easy. He's the only Bearded and, and Board out there. And it's free. That's true. It's, it's free. free to subscribe. Doesn't so, cost you anything. So let's, let's get him to a hundred K. Let's do it. So it's the like button. And yeah, the like <laughs> button is free. So let's, let's do it. And I guarantee you, you go there, even if you're not into the home doing stuff, you know, whatever, like you're going to find some cool shit in there. I promise. So please go and do that. Yeah. Um, and again, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and obviously stick around. I Thanks for talk having to you. me, brother. I, I want to talk to you. And, and I would love to have you back on in a, six months, a year to where we can sit and talk about the bullshit we talked about before and how yeah, absolutely. It's, it's furthered along because I feel like that's going to happen with, a, with a lot of the guests I have on here, like that. I want to have them on again, because like, this is an ever changing world, this whole world of whiskey yeah. and, and liquor making and all of this stuff, it's ever changing. And I want it to continue to change with, with the times. And I think, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think with, I think what everybody's doing, I mean, y'all are doing some weird shit out there, guys. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> But I love it. But I love it. So well, hopefully uh, uh, the next time we talk, I will have some uh, I'll have some even weirder shit to talk about. Absolutely. Well, well, it's it's been fairly weird enough. So we're we're going to yeah. we're going to leave it at that. And um, I really appreciate everybody for listening and watching if you're watching at home. And um, as always, keep your spirits up. Thank you all.